we are going to dismiss um, our children to Children's Church. It's from kindergarten on down. So any of our kids that are kindergarten and on down that would like to go to Children's Church, you can go out the double doors. And then I'm going to have a children's sermon. Shock for any children that would like to come. Including Collier Martin, if you, you know, if you want to. Uh, your mother's giving you the, the look, though. <clears throat> hey, come on, come on. Hey, Collier's coming. So it's not like you can say, oh, I'm too big to go up there and sit with Brother Darrell for the children's sermon. I have a feeling that maybe when Collier gets married, there's going to come a point if you're bringing your wife up on the stage, you know, years from now that you go, ah, maybe I'm just too old for the children's sermon. Collier, I will let you know when that day comes, okay? I think you will know. I'm hoping you will know. But if not, I will let you know. Hey, I'm going to be, uh, yeah, y'all have a seat. I'm going to be talking about uh, the first book of the Bible this morning in my sermon and that's a book called Genesis. And uh, in fact, I have an assignment at the end of this morning, sometime during the day, uh, for you to do, and that's to read Genesis chapter 1. So parents, your assignment today, I don't know, it could be this afternoon, uh, or it could be tonight before you go to bed. I want you to read with your kids Genesis chapter 1, because it tells us, what God did in the very beginning that God created everything that existed. And I know we just went through the Ten Commandments, and I hate to start something like this this morning, but just real quickly, the Bible says that God created everything that exists in six days, and then on the seventh day He rested. And so the reason we have seven days in a week, I don't know if you've ever thought about this, comes from Genesis chapter 1, because God created the world in seven days. On the seventh day... He rested, and God said, I set aside that day as a day of rest and worship. And so that's the reason we have a day, uh, and we have seven days in the week. First day, I don't know if you all know this, but the Bible says there was nothing except for God. And on day one, he spoke, and he created, do you all know what it was? Light. Light. Hoping I can get all six of these. Hmm. Day number two... God spoke and he created uh, air or atmosphere. I don't know what we would call it. Space. So light day one. Atmosphere day two. Day three. If you want to hold up your fingers, you can this morning. That's right. We're on day three. When we get to seven, we know we'll be finished. Day three, he created the, the ground, earth. Okay. And all of the plants, grass, trees, all of that on day three. Day four, he created all the planets and stars, the sun, our moon, all of that that we can see at night. Well, you can see the sun during the day, except this week when there was an eclipse. But anyhow, that's a side note. Uh, Day four, the stars, the sun, the moon, all of that. Day five, he created... All of the creatures in the sea, the fish and all the other things that live, all the living things in the sea, and all the things, all the birds of the air. So day five was everything under the water and then everything up in the air. Day six, 
He created all the animals, all the different kinds of animals. And then what I want to talk about this morning, at the end of day six, he created one special creation, and that was mankind. He created people at the end of day six. And listen to my sermon, because I'm going to talk about how people are different than everything else in creation and that's really the point of it all is that god says people are more important than anything else from light to air to the earth and any kind of plants to the stars the moon the sun all of that to all the fish in the sea the birds in the air all other animals God said there's one thing that's more important than, and I value more than anything else, and that is people. And that's very important. Then on the seventh day, he rested. Okay? So that's our story about creation. But assignment today, read with your children Genesis chapter 1 about those seven days. Is that a deal? Deal. We're done. Thank you all. When we turn to the very beginning of God's revelation and God's word in the book of Genesis, there is a truth uh, that's very significant. And I really just set it up for you in my children's sermon. When we see that God created everything, we see that there is something more important than anything else, and that is people. And so the truth of the scripture is, it's all about people. It's all about people. When God creates everything, He creates it for us to have a space to live. It wasn't about creating the stars and the moon and the sun. It's not about the plants. It's not about the animals. It's not about the birds. It's not about the fish. It's all about people. And this fall, I want us to come back to that very basic and essential truth that for God, it's all about people. And for us, as people, that it needs to be all about people. Now, I make that statement, and you realize I could say it's all about God. I'm going to take that as an assumption that, yes, God is more important and He is a greater reality than anything else. But in this existence, in our world, where we live, the time in which we live, it's all about people. And this fall, I want us to spend these Sundays in talking about relationships our word for the fall is the word relationship. And I want to talk about what the Bible teaches us in those early chapters and all throughout. That it's first and foremost about our relationship with God. That the creator of this universe created me in his image to have a relationship with him. And I want to ask the questions and I want us to kind of lay this out. 
and say, what does that look like? What does it mean to have a relationship with God? And then I want to talk about uh, when we have a relationship with God, what do our relationships with other people look like? Because I believe that God designed our existence, this life that we live, for us to have relationships with other people, and that becomes a network of strength, encouragement, that is essential to our lives. We have to live in relationship with other people. And then Christians, I want to say this to you, that eventually that network of relationships needs to draw other people in so that they can have a relationship with God. It's one thing for me to have a relationship with God. It's another thing for me to have a kumbaya kind of neat little relationship in the fellowship of Huntington First Baptist Church and we all love each other and we're supporting each other and encouraging one another. But we are supposed to be about the Father's business in drawing other people in to have a relationship with the creator of this world. And I think sometimes we talk about a lot of things and we forget the simplicity of what God created life to be, that it's, about, it's all about people and it's about developing what I'm going to call and some other preachers this fall are going to call <laughs> connecting relationships. How do we develop connecting relationships? And so the title of these messages is just the word connect. We are to connect with God. We're to connect with our brothers and sisters in Christ. And then we're to connect with others so that they can have a connection with God. Hmm. And you know, quite honestly, the, the, the foundation for all of that we find in the first chapters of the Bible. Shouldn't surprise us because that's the way God set it all up. And I want to read and just for us to talk about this morning the foundation from the very beginning. So you can turn in your Bibles or it's going to be on the screen, but Genesis chapter 1. And there comes a point in Genesis chapter 1 That God has created everything else. It's day six. He's already created the animals. And then it says in Genesis 1.26. It says, Then God said, Let us make man in our image, according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him male and female. He created them. Then God blessed them and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. 
When the six days of creation were finished, there was only one thing that was made in the image or in the likeness of God. And that is people. And because of that, people are different than everything else in status and in value and in purpose. Everything else in creation. That's what God said. Um, God values people more than anything else because people were made special. They were made in the image of God. And God designed us to have a relationship with Him. It is interesting to me to note that in verse 26, God says, let us make man in our image. And what we realize is that from this 26th verse at the very start of the Bible, that God begins to reveal the complexity, the mystery of who He is, that God, I'm about to blow your mind, God lives within a relationship within Himself. And I believe when God says, let us make man, He's not referring to the angels. He didn't make us in the image of the angels. He made us in the image of God. Who is He talking to? God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, the Trinity. What I want you to understand, the whole relational component to this existence for us comes from the very essence and the makeup of God Himself and that God within Himself is a relationship. Hmm. I don't have time to trace that out this morning. But I want you to know that the reason we live in relationship is because God lives within relationship. The reason we are able to have a relationship with God is we are made in His likeness. I need you just to put that. The animals, the birds, the fish, the rocks, the trees, all of that is not made in the image of God. Only we are made in the image of God. And because we are made in the image of God, we possess the ability to have a relationship with Him. You've got to put that because in just a minute we're going to talk about Adam and Eve. We are able to have a relationship with God because we are made in His image. We are like Him. God gives us a status above everything else. And so it says in those verses that God says, let them have dominion over everything else. Status. So not only were we made like God in His image, but God placed us in a status to have dominion over everything else in creation. We are in a special position. He not only says it in verse 26, but he talks about the image of God again in verse 27. He says it again in verse 27. He says in verse 27, not only so God created man in his own image, in the image of God he created them. And he says male and female, he created them. And we're going to have to kind of, we're going to have to look at this. And we're going to see it in our next verses. But he already begins to at least insinuate that not, not only are we to have a relationship with the God of this universe, but there are people 
Specifically, there is a person that we are like, but if you're married, you know, hmm, we're not exactly the same, are we? Just like we are not the same as God, we are like God, therefore we can have a relationship. And God created male and female, not the same, but like each other to have a relationship. Our world in the culture in America right now, when we would have taken this as a foundational truth to the existence, is already distorting, if not destroying, the fact that God created them male and female in the beginning. Because Satan will always destroy that which God has established and I don't even have time to go there this morning. But I want you to know that male and female, from the very beginning, not only a relationship with God, but a relationship with another person. And so he at least insinuates the marriage relationship there. Chapter 2, verse 7. It gives us a more detailed account of the creation of man. Genesis 2, 7. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the earth and breathed into into his nostrils the breath of life and man became a living being. And the Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden and there he put the man whom he had formed. The description in Genesis 2, we're not given the detail in Genesis 1, is that God made man, in essence, with his own hands. He made him special. Uh, mankind is handmade. How else? In, in the other five and a half days of creation, how did God create? Do you remember that story? God spoke. And it came into existence. And you would think, well, that's what happened with mankind. But it doesn't specify that in Genesis 1, but it comes to Genesis 2. And what it says in the picture we get is the Lord God, however this looks, reached down, reaches down and forms with his own hands out of the dust of the earth a human body. You say, well, wait a second. How can we be made from the dust? Well, you know, the Bible, or actually what scientists tell us is that the human body is made up of Uh, minerals and different things. In fact, they would say if you would uh, break down the human body into its basic minerals and materials that it is, you know how much we would be worth? I heard this this week, $3. We have $3 worth of minerals and materials that make up our human body, and I think the vast majority of it's water, quite honestly. But the rest of the minerals, the calcium, and I don't know other things, I'm not a scientist, I'm a preacher. We're we're worth about $3 in minerals, our body. All of those minerals existed in the dust, the dirt of the earth, and God formed it. But you even see this personal aspect that once the physical body has been created, it's almost like God has given CPR to that dead body, and God breathes into that body the breath of life. So you see this this personal component that God creates mankind, the special creation made in His image, 
different than anything else that He's created. And so you see this sense that God made us like Him so that we could have a relationship with Him. Not only that, God gave us a special place. And so it describes in verse 8 that God placed Him in a garden. And you get the sense that everything else that God has created, He's created for man to have a space to live in. But it's not just that. It's that there was a space for us, mankind and God, to have a place where we would live together. This is our home. And what do we do in our home? We have a relationship with Holy God. This is our space. It is the garden. Very significant that God places him in the space that he has made for him. Later in the chapter, verse 18... And this is a scripture I would read, I guess, at every wedding. But I want you to hear it again. It says in verse 18, And the Lord God said, It is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helper comparable to him. This is a huge theological statement in Genesis chapter 2. Get this, people. It was not even enough for Adam to have a relationship with his creator. God described this as being alone. There was nobody else like him. Yes, first and foremost, and we're going to talk about it in the next several weeks, we are to have a relationship with God. But if we stop there and we live in isolation... It is not what God intended. So you have this whole turn in the creation account that everything God creates and God makes a statement, it's good, it's good. He creates, it's good, it's good, it's good, it's good. And all of a sudden you come apparently to day six and God creates it and looks at it. And ladies, let's just be honest. He looked at the first man and went, okay, this isn't good. Okay. We could surely improve upon this. <laughs> this is not really going. This is not the best. I think I could have really done better. You know, um, I know, ladies, you were thinking that. I just wanted to speak it so that y'all wouldn't throw it back up at me. Uh, you wonder why? Why didn't God create a man out of the dust and a woman out of the dust and put them together? I think God did it for effect. He wanted. Adam to have the sense of being alone, of looking around at all the animals, and you're going to see this here in just a second, looking around at all the animals and going, wait a second, hmm. everybody's got somebody, but I ain't got nobody. You know what I'm saying here? I'm looking around, I'm thinking, no, I'm, hmm, yeah, there's all kinds of things out here, but there's nobody like me. And God described that as alone, and God said it is not good. I want you to understand from Genesis chapter 2. Yes, first and foremost, our relationship with God. But God said we need to be related and have a relationship with other people. It is not good to live in isolation. And we're going to have to talk about that. How do we develop those connecting relationships with other people who are like us? Oh, he goes on. So God suspends 
the creation of the woman, I think, for effect for Adam to have the sense of what it means to be alone so that he knows what he has when she gets there. Amen? So out of the ground, the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every bird of the air and brought them to Adam to see what he would call them. And whatever Adam called each living creature, that was its name. So Adam gave names to all cattle, to the birds of the air, to every beast of the field. God knew what he was going to do. It's like, why are you doing this? You're parading everybody by me, but nobody's like me. God, why are you doing this? He does it for effect. So it says at the end of 20, but for Adam there was not found a helper comparable or like him. Remember, we're made in the likeness of God. We can have a relationship. Adam said, there's nobody here for me to relate to. So in verse 21, and the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall on Adam and he slept and he took one of his ribs, closed up the flesh in its place. Then the Adam, which, and I'm sorry, then the rib, which the Lord God had taken from the man, he made into a woman and he brought her to the man. And Adam said, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. She's like me. We can have a relationship. Relationship with Holy God. But a relationship with someone else. Then the scripture says, Therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife and they shall become one flesh. Not only do we have a relationship with God, but God from the very beginning said we are to have an intimate relationship, what he describes as one flesh, a relationship of unity and intimacy with another person. I didn't include this in my verses, but I meant to. Verse 25, but if you look in your Bible, it says, And they were both naked, the man and, the, and his wife, and were not ashamed. This is very important theologically because there was intimacy there of relationship. Then we come to chapter 3, verse 6. You know the story of the tree in the garden and they were not supposed to eat. The serpent comes and tempts the woman. Then in verse 6, So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes and a tree desirable to, to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. She also gave to her husband with her and he ate. Here it is in verse 7. Notice the consequences of that. Then the eyes of both of them were open and they knew they were naked and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves coverings. I want you to understand that when we do not live according to the design that our Creator has made us to live in relationship, what we call sin, that sin will always separate us. And it doesn't just separate us from God, it separates us from one another. And the first statement is they knew they were naked there was a loss of intimacy there and they covered themselves and it was a statement of separation that we are not in our innocent state we are not in our state of unity and intimacy and then not only affected their relationship but it affected affected their relationship with god verse 8 And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife 
hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. So apparently all these days they had walked with God and talked with God. We sang it. I don't even know if Brother Shane knew what I was preaching on this morning, but I mean, God knew what we were supposed to sing this morning in the garden. I walk with Him and I talk with Him. But you see, when they did not live according to the design that God had in their relationship with Him, and sin came, when they heard God walking in the garden, they hid themselves. I think what a silly picture this is of hiding behind trees that God has spoken into existence. Can you hide behind a tree that the man who created it spoke it into existence and think, oh, he, oh look, he, look, he can't see me now. Come on, man. But you see, sin affects, it separates us first from God and then for, from others. And then finally in chapter, same chapter, verse 22, we get to the end of the story. God has brought a curse on the serpent, the woman, and the man. Then it says in verse 22 to conclude, Then the Lord God said, Behold, the man has become like one of us to know good and evil. And now lest he put forth, put out his hand and take also the tree of life and eat and live forever. Therefore the Lord God sent him out of the garden of Eden to till the ground from which he had taken. So he drove out the man and he placed cherubim at the east of the garden of Eden and a flaming sword which turned every way to guard the way to the tree of life. Not only did they hide themselves from God, but because of their sin, because sin separates, he cast them out of the place where they walked with him. And all of a sudden they lived separated from God. That's Genesis chapter 3. <laughs> the rest of the Bible is the story of how God the Creator sought to bring us back into relationship with Him. I don't know how many chapters that is. <laughs> Doesn't take very long for the problem to arise. But then there's a lot of Bible after that of God. What is, what is the point of the rest of history? What, what is God? What was God doing? What is God doing now? He's wanting to bring people back in relationship with Him. Do you know why? Because it's, about, it's all about people. It's not about our world and how messed up it is. It's not about wars. It's not about any of that. It's not about governments. It's not about global warming. No, it's about people. And God bringing those people redemptively back into relationship with Him. That's what it's all about. And the point is that when God through His Son Jesus and His death on the cross, brings us into a right relationship with Him. He calls us to walk with Him and talk with Him, to have a, a daily relationship with Him. But it doesn't stop there, people. It's not just about me. 
It's about other people. And God says, when I have put you back in relationship with me, then I want to use you to bring other people to be put back in relationship with me. Do you understand? It's all about relationships. I don't care what your job is. I've thought about this. The vast majority of jobs are all about people. I don't know. There may be some guy in some little room that's developing rockets somewhere all by himself. I don't know. You say, well, no, he doesn't deal with people. He just deals with rockets. I don't know. There may be exceptions. The vast majority of us, regardless of what we get our paycheck doing, it's about dealing with people, customers, employees, whoever it is. Because God created this world for us to live in relationship first with Him and then to live in relationship with one another. I want to talk about in the weeks to come what does it look like to develop connecting relationships first with God, then with our brothers and sisters, and then with other people. I know God's heart and His desire revealed in His Word is that we would first have a relationship with Him. And He made a way. It was thousands of years that finally sent His Son to die on the cross. To take the sin that separated us and God away so that we could be restored back to a relationship with Him there's something more glorious than that. <laughs> more, beyond that. I don't know if it's more glorious than that. But then God put us in communities. Today we call churches. And you know what God's desire is in this place? Yes, that each one of us individually would be connected and have a daily relationship with God. It's not enough. It's about us having relationships with one another. If we live in isolation, God says, it's not good. And within that network of relationships, we draw strength and encouragement. And the Bible, and we're going to look at this, tells us how we are to relate to one another in grace and forgiveness, truth, encouragement. This network of relationships is essential to our existence in this world because it's all about people. So look around today. These are your people. This is us. We're to relate to one another and encourage one another and live in relationship with one another. It's all a part of God's plan. And how we relate to each other flows out of our God relationship. It's only, Brother Barry, it's only as I live in relationship with God that I know how you and I relate. And Brother Barry and I have a relationship and then Brother Barry has relationships and some of those people I'm also related to. And there's this, this network, this maze of people and connections 
that becomes so intertwined that you can't break it. And, and when, I want to say this to you, so that when people are hurting, there's not just one person within the body of Christ, there's a number of people in the body of Christ that go, wait a second, what about brother so-and-so, sister so-and-so, what they're going through, what's, what's happening? Let me say to you this week, I, I don't know, we're, it's going to rain all week. And, and I don't know what's going to go on weather-wise in Angelina County. Could I say to you, there are people around you that you need to check on and minister to and be aware of in the midst of this storm. They may be neighbors. They may not even be people that are connected to our church. It doesn't really matter. But it's in times of crisis that we need the strength of the network. You need to check on your little widow people that live around you. They're little widow people. I don't, I don't, I don't know what that would be. The people around you that are neighbors and friends and deacons, there, there, are, there are people on your list that you go, I, I wonder... I know so-and-so lives out so-and-so road. I don't, maybe they can't even get out. Maybe I need to check on them. That's what needs to happen in Angelina County. And we're not really even in crisis mode like many people are. But I guarantee you, the body of Christ needs to be at work down in Victoria and Corpus Christi and El Campo and along the coast and Houston today. Of the body of Christ just saying, no, it's about people. It's not about a storm. It's not about water. It's about, I care about people. Therefore, I'm going to reach out and I'm going to do something to make sure everybody's okay. And you see that many times. Human nature will rise and we will see the very best of America, which we sure need to see right now. To say, no, it, it's all about people. But that flows out of my relationship with God. And we, we've got to understand what does that look like? What does it mean to live in a relationship with God? Because it's essential for me to know how to relate to Brother Barry or whoever it is or for us to relate to one another. And then here it is, people. Then there are people all around me that aren't related to God at all. Their sin has separated them just like it separated me from God. And you know their point of connection with holy God? For some of them, it's you. As a neighbor, somebody you go to school with, somebody you work with, a family member. And we can become so busy about the things of this world, material things, that we forget to see and connect with people. You know what I want to share with you? I, I got three challenges and then I'm finished. I really am. I don't just mean that. I want you to connect with God this week. And this is what I'm going to ask you to do in a specific way. I want you to read one chapter of God's Word this week, every day. Um, you could start with Genesis 1. You may take Proverbs, the book of Psalms, uh, the Gospel of Luke, Romans, written by Paul. Don't read Revelation this week, okay? Let's do something else, okay? 
let's keep it light the first week, okay? I, I want to challenge you in my relationship with God. Read a chapter every day somewhere in the Bible and spend 10 minutes with Him. Even if you don't know what to say, sit there. Tell Him whatever's on your heart. I don't know. Maybe you're going to run out of words after 30 seconds. Just sit there and spend time with Him. Because every relationship requires one thing, and that is time. Second thing in our relationship with one another, you know what I want you to do in the midst of the storm and things that are going on? Check on some people within the body of Christ this week. I, I God, just let, I don't, let God lay somebody on your heart, several people. Because this network is needed in the midst of crisis. And this third thing is a little bit more. A little more. Whatever that word is I'm looking for. Spacey. Would you just look at people this week in the midst of your life? Students, you know one thing I remember is when I walked down the hallway in high school, you don't do eye contact with people. No, you're acting like, oh, cool, like, no, nah, going on to my next class. You know, you just, you can, I don't know what that is. But I think many, you, you know what I'm saying? No, don't, 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 no, I don't. No, Kennedy Martin, you're probably different from everybody else. That's all right. I'm talking about normal people. I've been, I've been in y'all's hallway, and y'all act like y'all didn't even know, like the preacher walking right by. Well, like, which one of these is not like the other? Like the preacher walking right through this crowd of students, and y'all acting like, well, hey, man, how you doing? Oh, oh, hi, preacher. Hey, man, how you doing? All right. You know, and then walking away as soon as you can. Don't, don't, don't be acting like y'all. No. Mm-mm. Somehow, I don't know what it was, we kept from eye contact. Somehow we were preparing ourselves for adults to be so zoned in on our lives that we just blocked out people. Could I ask you in the third area of relationships with other people that you just look at people this week? They may look at you and say, what? Just want to say, have a good day. You know, <laughs> nothing, no. Would you just slow down enough and ask God, who is it that you're bringing across my path that I need to connect with so that maybe someday they would be connected to you? Those three things. Read us. Read a chapter of the Bible. Spend ten minutes with Him this week. Check on some people this week that are part of the body of Christ. And then just be aware and look at people this week. It's all a challenge to connect. Would you stand with me this morning? Let me pray. Byron and I will be at the front as you have decisions to make this morning. Father, today we thank you that you loved us enough not only to create us in your image And you desired a relationship with us even before we ever did. 
Father, we praise you for that and we pray that we would take that position, privilege that we have uh, and we would seize that opportunity this week, every day. Father, I pray that you would help us to love those that are like us within our body of Christ and then Father, I just pray this week you would help us to see those that are not a part of our body. And Father, we pray that you would use it to connect people to you for your glory and for your honor. And we pray it in Jesus' name.